the stone that the builder refused. Call me that crystal, that rock that the builders refused. For indeed, all is a blessing allows me to see just beyond the veils. For indeed, it's all an illusion. It's all a test. One of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. Indeed, my constant prayer, my mantra, my affirmation, my reverberation, reiteration, and my ever-living reality is grounded and rooted in all is a blessing. All is a blessing. Whether it come from the left or the right, all is a blessing. If you can see beyond the veil, and if you can see beyond the veils, then you are in possession of your reality. You're in a position to create and recreate your reality. But you must be the possessor, not the possessee. And it is critical, critical to the foundation of everything that I teach here, everything that I say here, my demonstration here, my purpose for being here is rooted in all is a blessing. For my regular listeners, you know, you hear me say this every single day. But there's those who hear me say it every single day and don't listen. They, they hear, but they don't listen. They don't process it. They don't ask, what does that mean? How does that work? How does he apply that? How does he indeed operate in that? And, and that's why we're here in this sacred space of gods and goddesses in this squared circle to share the secret, the recipes, the rooted teachings and foundation of indeed authentic voodoo practice. This ain't Wit School 101. This is Voodoo 101. This is ATR 101. Understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine reality, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine all-blessed reality. All is a blessing. Today is Tuesday, August 11, 2020, and I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum, universally, from this working temple of the house of the divine prince. Thai potions, hoodoo central, in this legendary, historic, beautiful, most enchanted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana the land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this hoodoo obeya life path and journey, passing down the great obia stick along with the knowledge of the life-giving herbs, roots, plants, rituals, spirits, minerals, indeed the legacy, the culture, the tradition, the history of our story, our story, our sacred story, www dot our sacred stories.com where my beloved Denise Augustine, Madam Augustine, voodoo practitioner, master historian, griot storyteller. She is indeed the griot in House of the Divine Prince. So please visit us at www.oursacredstories.com for your tours plus experience needs, requests, and and RSVPs. I am indeed grateful to be here. Um, I have a lot on my plate, so I kind of got to hit it and quit it today. 
Um, I have two deliveries come, one of which I will share here in the space because it is our delivery. It's not my delivery. It's the House of Divine Princess delivery. It's the community's delivery. It's any person who ever comes in here for a reading, any person who ever has a remote or virtual reading, give me 24 hours and you'll be able to see the space on the other side of the wall. Now, please forgive me. Uh, I did have to allow Dr. Emily Zerkar, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, uh, to see the room first. She was actually the very first person, Dr. Emily Zarkar, Z-A-R-K-A, Dr. Emily Zarkar. She was the first person to see the other side of the house, uh, the temple space, outside of people who who are here. Um, She was the first outsider to see the other side of the space. And, of course, we filmed the space for an up-and-coming PBS broadcast. Um, It will be available on YouTube. Some of you are already very well familiar with uh, Dr. Emily Zarkar and Monstrum, N-O-M like Mary, O-N like Nancy, Monstrum. Um, It's a, a, well, she's fanatical, you might say, about monsters. She's a monster expert. So we cross roads for for some reasons that I won't share. I I don't want to give away her broadcast, of course, but we cross paths, and so there'll be a very powerful addition uh, of voodoo from the House of Divine Prince on Monstrum, and I look forward to sharing that with you um, as it is prepared to air. But for those of you who support the House of the Divine Prince, who appreciate the House of the Divine Prince, who show up for the House of the Divine Prince, sometimes you show out for the House of the Divine Prince, and particularly those of you who are aware. Thank you, Spiritual Offset, and particularly those of you who are aware about the chair. And it's a authentic African divining chair. It's, it's a divining chair, unlike something you probably have never seen before. Uh, it'll be unique to this house. It'll be unique to our work. Uh, many of you helped a neophyte but core and, and, and a few others in the group uh, uh, helped and, and contributed to the purchase of the chair. Um, and it has taken some time for it to be delivered, but it should be delivered today. So hopefully by tomorrow, I'll be broadcasting in a new space. Um, prayerfully by tomorrow, we'll be sharing and celebrating the opening, the official opening of this uh, divining space. Um, And I misquoted. Forgive me, y'all. I might have told a lie. One other person did come into the room, but it was a celebrity. So I don't want to say who that was. Uh, A celebrity came in, and and they've seen the room as it is now, but but no one um, has seen the coming throne chair, the the divining chair. And me and, and, of course, my beloved assistant, Priestess Carmen, Carmen Santiago, she'll be here to help me and assist me in the process. And, of course, you all will be meeting her in coming days. So I'm thrilled. I'm honored. Uh, That'll be one of two interruptions that may happen in the show. So I beg your forgiveness now. If I have to end shortly, if I I have to end abruptly, uh, if we have to end suddenly, 
just forgive me. Um, I, I'm, I'm giving you the opportunity to forgive me ahead of time before the interruptions, the pre-planned interruptions come. Uh, that's a new language that I've learned from Cox Business, by the way, pre-planned interruptions. Do you know that Cox Business has pre-planned interruptions to your service? They might need to come out and climb the pole. They might need to come out and, and detect a problem on the line. But my problem with the pre-planned interruptions is they don't tell you. And if you aren't aware of it, and if you don't call in and fuss about it, they won't even acknowledge you when you get the interruptions. So I've had Cox business less than 50 days. 35 of those days I had Dramatic internet interruptions every single day, anywhere from an hour to four hours to six hours every day. And that was the process that led me to finding out about the pre-planned interruption, (laughs) okay, that they have these pre-planned outages so that they can go out and do things. They just don't tell the customer about it. Now, if you complain, they'll acknowledge you. If you complain, they'll rectify it. You know, I learned that from Oprah Winfrey's show 20 years ago. If you call and say something, if you ask, we have a saying here in the South, a closed mouth don't get fed. So if you call and you say, hey, you interrupted my business, I'm not getting Internet, they have to compensate you financially. My problem is you have to stop and do that. We have enough automation today that the pre-planned outage, we could get an alert. They could send us a text. They can send us an email and say, hey, tomorrow we're going to have a pre-planned outage at this particular time of the day. Give us an opportunity to prepare. Give us an opportunity. So I'm asking your forgiveness for the possible pre-planned interruption to the show when I and and Carmen might have to stop and run to the door. So I appreciate you. Um, Thank you so much to God at the initiative. I love you. And let's talk today. Let's share. Let's open up, either here on screen, here, here live, or on my phone lines at 845-277-9143. 845-277-9143. And you're ready with your question, comment, or request, please do press the number one on your telephone keypad. I'll be more than happy to assist you. Many of you are coming here today to talk about shadow work. Now, we started our conversation about shadow work last week, maybe even earlier. And I want to reiterate, shadow work is popular right now. Even the word usage, the language shadow work is new and popular right now. But real shadow work takes work. Real shadow work requires getting deep into your shadow. Somebody says, well, what is a shadow? The shadow is what light doesn't fully shine upon. Once you come out into the light, you cannot go into darkness. Once you expose a jinn, a demon, a ghost, a shadow to light, it cannot then return to the darkness. Just like the wicked, weep, the wicked, witch, uh, the wicked witch of the West, once she's exposed to the water, she dissolves. Her sister, once she's exposed to the light, she dissolves. So once we're exposed to light, literally, figuratively, 
at, at all levels of our being, you can't hide anymore. You can't go back into the darkness. And it implies that we've done the work to cleanse, to repair, to renew, to send away, to, to resolve, if you will. So shadow work requires getting deep into your own shadow. On a basic level, I say keep a journal. Keep a journal. It's going to come through your dreams. It's going to come through your visions. But indeed, it's going to show up in your emotions. That's so annoying. <laughs> indeed, it's going to show up in your emotions. Shadow work is that unresolved energy, that unresolved issues, those unresolved blocks that don't get addressed that don't get attended. And often these things carry a heavier weight if we start talking about dark matter. They become dark energy, they become dark matter, and they carry a heavier weight. I often say, listen, the very thing that you don't tell me that's really important, God will tell me, the ancestors will tell me, the spirits of divination will tell me. Those who've had a reading from me will confirm for you. I don't let you say a whole lot. It's very rare that I will let you talk the first 40 minutes of a communication with me that involves a reading. And I'm doing everything possible to lay down the roadblocks to prevent you from giving me the details. I just want to know why you're here. I just want to know what subject matter are we looking at? What are we exposing to the light? And one of the reasons I do that is because those more important Issues that hide in the darkness have a weight to them, have a dark energy, I mean a dark matter weight to them. And that can be felt by an astute empath. That can be, be picked up. And, and you see it in your everyday life. Your best friend, your girlfriend, your mama, your daddy, your partner, your homie, they know that shit. Hey, you ain't quite right. You, you, something's going on with you, and you might be doing your best to hide, to mask, to look normal, to, to, to operate in your job, to, to do what you do. But, but there are certain people who are fine-tuned to that. It might be the stranger across the room who you don't interact with a whole lot at work, but who's quiet, like me, and attentive to human activity. Man, when I'm on a movie set, I'm the quietest thing there but I'm absorbing everybody's energy, everybody's behavior, everybody's body language, and the spirits of talking and the communicating. And often, it's your shadow work. Often. So your light, we put that right out front. Oh, you're happy, you hit the lotto, you, you got a new baby, you, you're great, you know, your, your child had twins. You know, that light we project that, you know, and it's on your Facebook and it's on your Instagram and, you know, we project that, but you all also project your darkness. And even in that, you think, I still have that which is hidden, which is mine, which is concealed. And there's a level of relative truth to that. There are things about me that only I know, relatively speaking, but what does God know? We say God knows all things. What do your ancestors know? Who not only exist in your blood, so they right there while it's happening and it's going on, by the way. Okay, but they're also now 
for those of us who are operating in, in ATR spirituality and tradition, they're also now grounded in our, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, and in our communities, and in our spiritual spaces. So there's an absolute truth that nothing is hidden under the sun. Nothing is a secret to God. Nothing is a secret to the spirit realm. There are those who would say that there's an Akashic record that records everything. Some would say thoughts writes on a tablet and records your deeds and your behaviors and your actions, your thoughts, your feelings, your moods. And that is translated into energy, beloved energy. Everything translates back into energy. And that energy is real and it has to go somewhere in the universe. But first, it has to pass through everything around us. Everything in our lives, everything we're aware of, everything we're not aware of, it passes through creation, like, like an atomic explosion, all the way through and, and hits the end of the universe, and then that energy has to come back, and it resettles. So there's a reverberation of what we project, what we send out consciously and unconsciously. We're all capable of sending out unconscious signals, unconscious energy, you know, that that somebody has to say, hey, wait a minute, you're out of sorts. Hey, wait a minute, that wasn't, you know, and those of us who are mature, mature, we don't have any problem with that criticism. We don't have any problem with intelligent, loving check. I'll let my mama check me now. I'll let my sister Wapani check me now. Sometimes my godchildren check me. Sometimes my peers check me. But that's a part of doing shadow work. And if you are conscious of your shadow work, as I am, I listen, I know what lives just beneath the surface. <laughs> I know what's scary about Ty and Mecca. I know what's scary about Divine Prince. And I get up with it every day. And I lay down with it every day. Listen, this is a, a level of nakedness that most people don't give you. Minister, politician, entertainer, podcast celebrity, most ain't going to give you this level of nakedness. I wake up with it. I go to bed with it. That don't change because you find God. That don't change because you find Allah. That don't change because you find Jehovah. That don't change because you find Orisha. That don't change because you deny the presence of a creator. It's energy. So therefore, there's a level of dimensional space in which it is real. And we interact with it. Call it dark matter. Call it dark energy. But closer to the ground, closer to our level of reality, it exists right in the shadows. And your shadow can become gin. Your shadow can become demons. Now, some of you are worried about blocking the demon from outside, keeping the demon, you know, from entering your house, laying down your red brick, laying down your salt lines, doing magic circles, you know, grounding crystal ley lines, you know, blessing your house with anointing oil, you know. But, but, but we neglect the most powerful entryway is from the inside out, not the outside in. And so our shadows that go unattended, unaddressed, unhealed, unresolved, 
can become jinn unto themselves, can become demons unto themselves. We see in movies and pop cultural references to, you know, the man got demons. You know, she got demons, you know. And, and we might be talking about, you know, the monkey on the back, the addiction, you know, the, the problematic children and, and grandchildren, you know, all those things that can show up not just as a problem in our lives. I call that weather. My regular listeners know that, you know, I don't abide weather. We prepare for weather. Weather is going to come. It's going to rain, depending on where you are. It's going to snow. You know, you're going to have season, depending on where you are. What weather is, and we just prepare for weather. We can't stop the earthquake. We can't stop, you know, nature. But escalated, you know, problems, escalated challenges, those things might be more relevant to shadow. And those are the things that keep you up at night. Those are the things that you pray about. Those are the things that you try to cleanse yourself off from. And so shadow work is entertaining in in a pop cultural witchy kind of conversation. (laughs) But when we really get down to doing that work, it's got to come to the surface. I often instruct in my crystal work, black obsidian. If you're not ready, don't fool around with black obsidian, y'all. Black obsidian is very common, very common, very popular. We still have a great deal of it. And so, you know, it's very economically available. You know, at your rock shop, you might see black obsidian at Walgreens, just as much as you might see tiger eye now at, at Walgreens, you know, the little, uh, Bracelets, you know, are, are popular now with, with minerals on them, and you can get that at the Walgreens checkout. So black obsidian is one of those minerals that's economically cheap, abundant, and it's everywhere. And let's be clear, onyx is a deeper grounding stone. Onyx is a mineral. Onyx is, is, is a crystal rock, if you will. Black obsidian is not a mineral. Black obsidian is volcanic glass. So it's created when when the molten lava does its thing and and cools at a certain rate, and it creates natural glass. And and we call that black obsidian. We call that Apache teardrop. It comes polished. It comes in in, in, uh, uh, carved form. It comes in... uh, Spears. Okay, Block Talk Radio. I hope I I don't have y'all on mute. Oh no, y'all did. Um, this is one of the oldest pieces that I have from Mexico. This is Black Obsidian. This is Golden Sheen Black Obsidian, and I refer to it as the Truth Stone. Black Obsidian is indeed the Truth Stone. It, along with other minerals, this is a black obsidian sphere or black obsidian ball. And so if you hit the light on it just right, it has a, just above where you see the refraction of my screen, you see a little bullseye there. And if I had better lighting, uh, it's pink, it's green, it's purple. And I call this the, the black hole of the mineral kingdom even though technically black obsidian is not a mineral. And so 
we think about the black hole in space that sucks all matter in, all light unto itself. And we say that it's destroyed within the black hole, but then it's emitted out the other side like a little pinhole, fine stream of white light, purified white light, somewhere further removed from us in, in the universe, in creation. So we use black obsidian along with selenite, along with clear quartz crystal to balance that truth energy in black obsidian. Black obsidian is also a first chakra stone. Greetings, neophyte vocor. Just give me a minute, beloved. Just give me a minute. Um, It's also a first chakra stone. You know, the lowest chakra in our body, survival, our animal nature. Just before we get into our human-like qualities, eating, drinking, uh, propagation of, 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 of life, sex, etc. That's first chakra energy. Now, when we're not in balance, first chakra can be an, an over-focus on just survival, an over-focus on just carnality, the flesh, what's physical, what's material, when we think about the first chakra. But in terms of using it for truth, I, I use it along with sunlight, clear quartz. It'll bring that truth to the surface. Now, unlike minerals, it can't clean itself. So once black obsidian brings that truth to the surface, it, that energy has to be used. It has to be applied. Uh, a downside of that is arguments, uh, of imbalances in the household. All of a sudden, we can't get along for nothing because what was once hidden is now brought to the surface. And, and, and of course, your fifth chakra is way above your, fourth, your first chakra, so, so that ability to communicate it is not there. That's why it's first chakra energy. If that fifth chakra energy was present, then typically we don't have those first chakra blocks because you can speak through anything. You can create and recreate the reality that you see. So that shadow energy, that shadow matter, if you will, just hides. And it can set up in your body. It can set up in your flesh. That has certain manifestations, how we eat, how we live, how we treat our body temple. How holistic are we really about our bodies and what we eat and how we interact with nature? It can also show up in your emotions. So you're at work, you're in your business environment, and people are feeling a certain thing about you and are responding to a certain thing about you. And it's real cute when people call me and say, you know, there's this problem and these people are saying this and they're saying that, and, you know, and then they stop and then they go into the next, okay, but then I moved to the next state and had the same problem. I moved to the next job and had the same problem. I moved to the next group and had the same problem. And they still think it's something outside themselves and not something that's either within themselves or they are dragging along. Erica Badu bag lady, you, you dragging it along with you. So shadow work cannot be hidden. And particularly in this sacred space, y'all know I got issues. <laughs> you know, I got Asperger syndrome, which makes me very, to the point, very literal. If many of you are here for truth. I'm going to give you the truth. I can't give you anything else. I, I can't sugarcoat it. And, and if you bring your light, 
to this space, if you bring your shadow to this space and you invite attention upon it, Prince is going to speak to it. Now, now, others might not. But if you ask me, I'm going to speak to it, and I'm going to give you the truth. We, we, we can't play any games here, y'all. I, I can't play any games here. The Most High is watching me. Omo Dumari, Olofi, Ibai, they, they are watching me. The Egoons are watching me. The ancestors are watching me. My mama is watching me. I don't have time to play the games, y'all. I, I just don't. So we're either going to do the work, and it's okay to come to this space and talk about doing the work. But my prayer, my anticipation, my uh, assumption is that you all are actually doing the work when you're not here, when you're not on air. And for those who connect with me, who communicate with me, I obviously know where we are in the work. So you then can't come on air, you know, and ask a very personal question and, and expect me not to speak truth to it. I'm just wired that way. I, I can't rewire that if I want to. That, that, that's just what it is. People say, well, why do they keep coming to your house? Why do they keep filming you? Why are they interested in you? They're looking at the science. They're looking at the math. They're looking at the archaeology and the anthropology of what this is. This ain't coonery, buffoonery, witchery. That ain't what this is, y'all. That's not what this is. This is ATR, Voodoo, Akan, Afa, Igbo, Tausa. This is ATR, traditional African-based religious system. And so their formula, their philosophy, their way of viewing the world is not Eurocentric. It's not Western. It's not quite Christian or Islamic in this realm of ATR, where we're looking at the work, where we're looking at hoodoo and voodoo and conjure, and, and it's a whole nother place. We're talking about people who are comfortable in their own flesh, who are comfortable not wearing clothes. I prefer not to wear clothes most of the time. If I could get away with wearing clothes 100% of the time, I would. Okay, I envy, you know, people who live in those parts of the world. But it's figurative and literal. There's a figurativeness about being naked, about being that true and, and not having to hide, not having to mask. So we got to address shadow work. We have to. We have to. A, a shadow work is our biggest holdback as a community, as a people. Those things that we can't talk to, that we won't talk to, that we choose not to, to directly go through. I, I think as a result of being a kid on the street, I, I learned to go through. I don't go around them. I don't go over them. I don't look for the detour. Tell me it's a problem. I'm going, I'm going straight there. I'm that guy. You know, threaten my life. I, I'm going to knock at your door and ask you what the problem is. I'm I'm that guy. <laughs> you know, so come on in. Hey, who do a cultism? Greetings, beloved. Greetings. I like when my god children come through. Yes, a black obsidian actually was used by. Um, help me out, y'all. What's the uh, the Italian 
guy who's, who was a great uh, prophet, Nostradamus, Nostradamus. Nostradamus was said to have used a black obsidian mirror. So we're now talking about just a sheet, a piece, a flat piece of black obsidian. Um, you know, now this is not black obsidian. This is actually shungite, um, which is a whole other mineral. Uh, some say it comes from the sky. It might be asteroid material. But just imagine black obsidian. This is, you know, the ball that I held up a minute ago is black obsidian. And in a flat sheet, you know, in frame. And enough of it so that you can gauge your focus, so that you can engage your attention on it. Uh, of course, hoodoo cultism, there's circular breathing involved, meditative techniques like transcendental meditation. Um, the flame and the flicker of the flame in the dark room also gives you an opportunity to focus, but then open up that third eye, and, and then the visions come through. It's not a mirror um, you know, like a literal mirror where you see yourself back in it often, you're going to see it inwardly, internally, by way of your third eye, your, your pituitary gland. The mirror is just a way of focusing and, and uh, amplifying that energy. So, yeah, magic mirrors are commonly created from black obsidian. And there are some people who are sensitive enough to trance through any dark surface, any white surface, any reflective sur surface, depending on um, where you are in, in your development. Vision board, Denise Preston, is wonderful, wonderful um, in terms of addressing um, manifesting and what you see in the future and what you would like to have and how you see yourself in the future. I like your take on it in terms of shadow work. Uh, if you're projecting a better you onto your board, that's great. Uh, I would say that that's unique. Um, I've never heard of anyone using their vision board for shadow work. So if you're comfortable enough to come on air and talk about that a little bit, I would appreciate it. Because often when we think about shadow work, we are thinking about negative, you know, the abuse, you know, the, the molestation, the, the, the rape, the violence, the, the abandonment, you know, those, those tragic footprints, you know, in your upbringing and even in past lives that are so heavy as, as dark energy that they are trapped now in your shadow work. So that's a unique uh, a take on it, Denise. I, I kind of like just the feel of that. And if indeed you are projecting on the board the better you, the future you, the more prosperous you, the more happier you, the more healthier you, then yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. Greetings, Neophyte Bokor, beloved. Come on in. What you got to say, is that black obsidian that you keep putting in front of the camera or is that on it? That is black obsidian. Oh, okay. Uh, black obsidian and, um, and lumber rock. Okay. Uh, I use it myself. This is um, my amulet that I use 
absorbing what's around me and I have to keep aware of my surroundings. I use black obsidian with my onk with uh, a chain on top of it representing the uh, uh, Jacob's Ladder. Now, can I give you a suggestion? Just on something you just, just on something you just said. That black obsidian is really not protecting you from uh, from. Uh, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I ain't even got it out. That black obsidian really isn't protecting you from other people's energy. Just yours. Just yours. And, and again, let me explain why. This is not a crystal. This is not a mineral. It's an organic, natural glass, but it's not a mineral. It's not quartz. It's not turquoise. It's not jade. It doesn't have any of the crystallized components that we find in the computer, for instance, inside it. So it's only as good as direct contact and the person who's using it directly. So in that way, it's protecting you from your own dark energy. It's protecting you from your own shadow. It's protecting you from going off, from losing your mind one day. If you push to the limit, as black men are often pushed to the limit, you know, in, in, in society, it's protecting and absorbing and, and bringing to the surface your own energy. So it's helpful if you have... Um, one moment, please. Greeting. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I do. I do. You can't forget a name like that. <laughs> okay. So how long do you think you're going to be? So what, 20 minutes, 30 minutes? All right, just call me. Yeah, you got to listen. When people are 75 and over, I answer the phone. I answer the phone. You know, God bless our elders, and you don't know how long they're going to be with us. So my mama and anybody that's, you know, 70 and over, you, you don't ignore their call. You, you got to respond. Um, so bring me back, Neophyte. Oh, I know where we were. So make sure, especially with that wood on. Because that wood, it does help you to ground that energy, does help you to bring that energy back into the first chakra round, which means that that negative energy which is coming up and you're grounding it into your first chakra has to manifest in the carnal plane, in the physical plane. And so the healthy reason for that is so you can see it and do something about it, see it and attack it. So I would hope that underneath your clothes or maybe in your pocket, you're carrying clear quartz, a clear stone to bring balance to your dark stones. Don't, don't wear the black by itself very often, unless you're doing it intentionally. Let's say you're going into the work site and you need to know something that they've been withholding from you. Okay, so you might wear the black of sitting in there by itself naked intentionally. But then you want to have a clear quartz, a selenite, something clear to, to record the information, to pull the information out that's useful, but then it will send away from you that which is not needed. 
Now, better stone, just to fill it in for the people listening, in terms of protecting you from other people's energy, hold on for a second. Now, that's a better combination. Hold on for a second. Um, A better stone, dark stone to use in terms of protecting you from other people's energy would be onyx, for instance. Uh, You know, because it's indeed a mineral. It has a crystalline structure in it. Now, what separates it from um, clear quartz is the structure is random. So that's why we see them as rocks or slabs of rose quartz, slabs of just just quartz. But um, that second piece that you showed me, I like the combination. Hold on. Even Even though I don't see exactly everything that's there, I see goldstone, I see tiger eyes, I see the clear quartz, and then I see the dark stone. So if that's black obsidian. It's obsidian, and there's a skull on here that is onyx. So they're transparent. Yeah. Okay. I'm, you, you caught that. that. That was a little scientific test. Yeah. Because onyx is not transparent, meaning you can see through it. Black obsidian, typically, you should be able to hold it up to the light, and light should pass through it. That's why when I hold this at a certain angle, you see the colors, the rainbow, because light is passing through it. Uh, black, uh, black onyx is dense. It's completely dense and will not, um, light won't pass through it at all. I keep my obsidian covered when I'm not um, using it. Um, I mean, if it's just sitting around, I'm traveling too many places um, that have different energies gathered in them at, at different times of the day. So I, I keep this one covered unless I know I'm in an area that has a lot of history. And tell me again what that is, black obsidian? Yes, I have a large, large black obsidian that I keep covered. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. 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 There you go. Because that black obsidian is strong, y'all. It's strong. You know, if you're dealing with with an addict or addiction or, or a problematic child, you know, or, or, or somebody who's kind of slick with their words, that, that black obsidian is, is to bring truth to the surface. But you got to be prepared for the other first chakra energy, anger, fear, aggression. Oh, no, mom, I didn't do that. That wasn't me. You know, they, they, now they're getting worked up once you hit that truth. You know, well, you just might be an alcoholic. You just might be, you know, and you'll see that aggressive first, second chakra energy. So, yeah, that that's great that you got your biggest one uh, covered up and, and you only use it intentionally. Yes. I, I, I try to shift that little Can y'all hear me clearly? 
Can you hear me clearly with this mask on? Apparently, you cannot hear me clearly with a mask on. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to answer the door in a minute, so that's why I had it on. Um, Tiger eye is good for the third eye spiritual offset. It helps us to open the third eye, the pituitary chakra, the pituitary gland. You know, we like to envision that as a triangle, if you will. Depending on where you are in your evolution, it's more three-dimensional. So it's a pyramid that sits right at your brow, right at your third chakra. It's also a very grounding. So the, the gold mineral in tiger eye can help bring that wisdom, that knowledge, that information down into the lower quaternary so it can be manifested at the physical level. I absolutely support Shanghai. And I hope I pronounced this right, but that's what this is, Shanghai. Thank you, um, Shamafia. This is Shanghai, and I um, support it. Now, it's said to help purify water. You know, indigenous people would put chunks of Shanghai in their water vessels to help draw out and absorb toxins in the water. But I use it, of course, to cleanse and purify and draw out toxins in my crystals. And particularly the ones that I use with people, the ones I use with the public um, the most. Y'all saw me hold up that piece of, uh, that tiger eye, not tiger eye, that black obsidian sculpture, and I can't find it. And all of y'all are watching me. I have not left this spot. <laughs> Did somebody, oh, I see it. I got it. I got it. I got so much right here. I got it. Yeah. So, yeah, I support the Shungite. Shungite is good for cleansing, for purifying, for drawing out toxins, impurities, unclean things. Okay, yeah, for protection, uh, Curious Umi. Now, if, you, if we're just focusing on dark stones, onyx would be the better option for, for blocking other people's stuff. But I also like a, a, a common stone that's often overlooked, Labradorite. Labradorite is very common, so it's not always that expensive. It's, it's on, on the lower pay, pay spectrum. Um, it's kind of bluish, but if you hold it in the right light, it has opal-like essence, opal-like qualities to it. So depending on how I hold this, it might be completely gray and not purple and not blue and not vibrant, depending on how the light passes through it. Um, this is a more opalescent side, almost like, uh, can you see it now? Those little blue points? Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean when I say opalescent. So this is a good stone for reason, balance, but also protection. It can capture and trap that ugly energy, that unneeded energy, that unuseful energy, curious Umi. It'll help you to think rationally in the moment, and particularly when that energy might affect you at the emotional level and give you a certain level of clarity, peace, tranquility in the moment to address whatever the that, that negative energy, that negative thing might be. 
Um, amethyst is a great stone for protecting against uh, other people's energy. Amethyst, from ancient days, has been considered um, a sobriety stone. So people who are in 12-step program, people who are doing AA, CA, people who are trying to break their negative spending habits, break your addiction to certain foods, um, break your addiction to certain mindsets, amethyst is a great stone for that. Um, amethyst is the highest vibrating of all the mineral family, of all the mineral kingdom. So it can yeah, so it can force what's well, forcing your, your energy up it's forcing your, your energy to travel up your, your spinal cord, not down the spinal cord. So that's what shows up as being humble. You're now in a higher space. It takes a higher mindset to be humble. You know, do you consider the one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old? What's their ability to be humble? And I use a child because we see that as a state of innocence. A state is sort of a state of, of unknowing, so it requires coming up the the, the chakra scale. It, it requires a certain maturity of of to be humble, a certain awareness. Uh, your narcissist can't be humble. Your narcissist does not have the qualities to be humble. They're, they're not connected at the chakras beyond the third chakra. Your, your narcissists are typically locked in the first three chakras. They have no heart, really. They don't speak their voice, really. They only use their voice as a tool of manipulation. Um, they're not giving you their shadow work. They're not giving you their nakedness. They're not speaking their, their, their truth to you. Um, and, of course, the chakras beyond that are just out of the reach of a, of a narcissist. Because you're always ready to talk and to share and to communicate. 
and you got and you got the show and tell going on, and I like that. I like to see. Yeah, I'm sure my, uh, my trauma Smith, um, he don't buy them. He makes them. So Neophyte buys the different beads from different places. He don't buy the braces already already made. Um, to my co-host, Denise Preston. I really wanted you to come on in and talk about your experience with shadow work and, and the usage of, of the vision board. I'd appreciate that. I don't know where she went. Yeah, I don't know where she went. Shamafia, yes, thank you, beloved. Yeah, they're all connected to your chakras, your, your uh, meridians. You know, you, you've heard me say, as it is above, so shall it be below. The macrocosm mirrors the microcosm and vice versa. That means that everything that's in the universe, we can find it here on Earth. There's a, there's a mirror opposite to it. There's a Earth-based connection to all things that exist in heaven, and there's a heavenly connection to all things that exist on Earth. But for some of you who are not quite religious or spiritual, let's make that a little bit more scientific. We exist in multidimensional spaces Unilaterally, simultaneously, at the same time. 
So anything that we have here is mirrored somewhere in the universe. That's why there's the theory that there would have to be life somewhere in the universe just based on the math that we are here, that we exist. And so there's also those spaces that we cannot conceptualize that, that are out there that also help us tie the meridians and, and these connections together uh, uh, with Earth. So we indeed have the opportunity to create and recreate the reality that we choose, that we spend the most time in, that we feed the most, that we're the most positive and the most hopeful about. Yeah, I support um, French Quarter Gym and Lapidary here in the French Quarter on St. Philip Street. I've never really bought stones from offline. Um, I typically go to shows or, or shops directly. And so it is French Quarter Gym and Lapidary that I'm presently supporting as it relates to uh, stones and crystals. If y'all have some questions, come on and hit me with it. I'm going to have to move forward. I'm sure y'all heard me say, tell that 70-year-old man that I'd be waiting on him in like 30 minutes. So he should be coming soon. And, of course, my delivery also should be coming soon. So if you want to share something, let's, let's go. Let's go. Otherwise, I'm going to move forward, and I'll reconnect with you all again tomorrow. Neophyte Bacor. Well, all is a blessing. Peace and blessing.
Come through me, come through you. Bless it, bless it, bless it. Open the windows and open my eyes. Come through, come through you. Come through me, come through you. Bless it, bless it, bless it. Thank you. 